You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. Praise God. We're going to get right into the word. And so I, I, what I want to do that I can't do is go back and reteach everything that I've been teaching for the last few weeks, uh, but I just don't have time to do that. I have to continue uh, pressing on. But what I do want to do is I want to go to 1 Corinthians, and we're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to start there, and I believe for the uh, most of the night, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, then chapter 4, then chapter 14. And these are some of my favorite passages. I love talking about these things. I love preaching about them. They've changed my life. And I believe they'll change yours as well. And, you know, I, when I was about, uh, about 18, I was 18, not about, I was 18. And uh, I was driving down the road in my car. And I just began to pour my heart out to the Lord. And I said, God, there's got to be something more. I'm, I'm missing something. And when I, when I did that, all of a sudden, the power of God just showed up in, in my car. And I began to weep, and I also began to pray in tongues. And from that point on, and, and I didn't even know what was happening at the, at the time. It took me a little bit to figure out what was going on. But I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so you can read this in Acts chapter 2, uh, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, are some instances where people were baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. And then after that came... Uh, came evidence that the Holy Spirit was there, and including gifts of the Spirit, including tongues and prophecy and different things like that. And uh, and so I experienced that. I encountered that, and I was I was filled. You know, I used to say that the the best sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit is praying in tongues. But you know, to me, what the greatest sign is of just being filled with the Holy Spirit is you're filled. When you're filled with God and you're overflowing with God, it it affects everything in your life. And what you'll have is you'll have, yeah, you'll have the gifts of the Spirit will flow and work in your life, but you'll have the love of God. Man, you can experience the love of God. I walked around like a nut telling people about God's love, and I didn't have any understanding of the Word. I didn't even know what I was saying other than I knew what I was saying was true because I didn't experience a doctrine. I experienced a person. I experienced the person of the Holy Spirit. But you know, also what came when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit was revelation, Revelation started to come to me in a measure that I had never experienced before that. In fact, some of it was automatic and intuitive, even though I didn't have scripture to back it up yet, because everything that we do, think, believe, say, everything has to come back to the word of God, always. I tell people all the time, you don't have to take my word for it. You need to take the Bible's word for it. Amen. And so I really believe that. So I, but I was having God give me things and download things to me that I later found out were actually scriptural, were actually in the word. And so revelation began to come to me. And since that time in my life up until present day, it is actually the way, the best I can say it is it's almost like, um, it's like cumulative. I think I'm saying that word right. I was saying this morning, I'm like, I wish I had done better in English before I became a preacher, <laughs> but here I be, you know. Uh, so, um, but it's almost—it's almost like um, it's almost compounding. And what I mean by that is, what it used to take me this much time, 
or this much effort to get revelation. Now I can get way more revelation with less time. It's like I've got more to work with. And the best I can come up with is that Jesus, when he was talking about revelation knowledge, he said to him who has even more will be given to him. To him that has nothing, even what he does have will be taken from him. And he was talking about revelation knowledge. And so I found that when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and began to access the Spirit, then my revelation began to increase and increase and increase until it just ruined me in a good way. How many of y'all want to be ruined by God? <laughs> when you get ruined by God, it's a, really, it's a really good thing. And so what we need is we need revelation. We need the unveiling. We need the revealing of what's true in the Spirit and what's true in the Word of God because this, this is a spiritual book. The Bible is a spiritual book, and it can only be discerned and understood as the Spirit reveals it to you. And you can oftentimes tell whether somebody has or not because they're trying to tell you something, and they don't have a clue what they're talking about. And you know because you've had the Spirit of God reveal truth to you, and you go, well, I read the same thing, but I read it totally different. But you can also relate to the fact that you've read things and go, I don't have a cotton-picking clue what I just read. Come on. Anybody been there before with the Bible? What you need and what we need is the Spirit of God to reveal it to us. Amen. So that's everything I've talked about in the last couple of weeks up until right now. So tonight, and I've been saying I'm going to do it, and tonight I'm really going to do it. I'm going to give you some tools and some understanding. Really, I'm going to talk about one particular tool about how to access the Spirit, because it doesn't do any good if somebody puts a billion dollars in your bank account and then doesn't give you access to that billion dollars. Amen. So it's not enough to just say that we, you know, we have all of the blessing of heaven has been given to us, and you know, we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus if we don't know how to access it. It's wonderful to know that we have it. That's the place to start, but we have to know how to access it, get a hold of it, make known or come into manifestation what it is that God has given us. So let's read some verses here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 6, and I'm going to come back and hit verse 6, but I'm going to read. I want to read this whole section, and I will not preach in Jesus' name. I'm just going to read it and so I can get to some other things. But it says, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory. There is wisdom. Uh, there is mystery. There are things in the spirit that are hidden, and they are hidden for us to unveil, to uncover, and to come into understanding that God wants to reveal to us. Now, this is the Apostle Paul speaking here. And you know, over I think it's over in uh, I think it's in Philippians where he says that all of the I count um, I count all of these things that I have known. He said I was a I was a I forget, a Jew of Jews. I was of the, uh, the tribe of Benjamin, of the stock of Israel. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and he was above his superiors. I mean, he was top-notch, grade-A Pharisee. I mean, he was, he was supreme. He said, I count all these things as dung, literally talking about waste that comes from whatever. That's what he counted all of his knowledge to be. And when he's talking about he was speaking the, the, the wisdom, not of man, but of God, he was talking about wisdom that was at one point hidden to him. Even when he had all of this knowledge, it was hidden to him until he came into revelation from the Spirit of God revealing the things of God. And you know what? 
If the Apostle Paul can have it revealed, so can we. And it says, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except for the spirit? Of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual now listen to this in verse 14. It says, but the natural man does not re receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Everybody say spiritually discerned. So you can discern things naturally, but you can also, if you, if you train your senses, your spiritual senses, you can discern things spiritually. You know, I can point to the carpet or to the wall or to whatever, and I can say, tell me the color of that or how tall is that? And you could, you could at least take an educated guess. You could at least give your opinion on it, and you would be using your natural senses to discern that the chair is gray, the ceiling is white, the light bulb is on, right? You would be using your natural senses to discern that. Well, you have spiritual senses. You and I have spiritual senses to discern things spiritually that can only be discerned spiritually. You cannot discern them naturally. And this is really important because a lot of times you can have people that they'll say, well, I just really feel like God's saying this or feel like God's saying that, or I just don't know. And they'll get into all of these like emotional kind of things and they don't have it divided out properly. But the Bible tells us that the word of God is able to divide even between the soul and the spirit. And of course, your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions and your conscience, but your spirit is your spirit. And the word of God will actually help make a dividing line to where we can know the things of the spirit because the spirit of God in us working with the word of God will reveal them to us. Amen. So, but it's really important that the natural man, we have to understand this. And there's a reason why I'm hitting on this right now. It's extremely important because it says the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. Because what I'm getting ready to talk to you about here for the remainder of our time is I'm going to talk to you about praying in tongues. I'm going to talk, you about, talk to you about the benefits of praying in tongues. And I have found that this is one of the most under, underrated and under fire gifts that God has given the body of Christ. And I've been ministering on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues for many years, 20 years now. I've been ministering on it. And I have, uh, which I don't care, but I've come under a lot of scrutiny over the years from people that they have a, a prejudice against tongues because they probably grew up in a denominational setting. Um, it's usually they're one of two things. They either grew up in a denominational setting that, where they were against praying in tongues and they were taught that, you know, tongues are of the devil or they passed away with the apostles or, or something like that, or they were involved in a crazy matic 
uh, I mean charismatic uh, circle <laughs> or Pentecostals that had no understanding of tongues. They just did a shikalahamana all the time, and there was no understanding behind it. And so both of those things have left a lot of the people in church totally, not only just afraid because they're ignorant of it, but actually wanting to have nothing to do with it because of their negative experiences. But how many of y'all know that you can experience something negative that is of God, but you experienced it through people that didn't have a cotton-picking clue what they were talking about? And I, and I don't think that I'm anything, but I can tell you now, I've got a cotton-picking clue about tongues. <laughs> I pray in tongues a lot, and I know the benefits of praying in tongues. And I'm going to share this with you tonight, and it is really, really going to help you. And so I don't know everybody in this room. I, I, I know most of you. I know some of you very well. But I don't know everybody in this room. So this is what I would encourage you to do, is whatever guard you might have up, lower that guard down. And just receive the words that I'm going to tell you. And then you can go and search the scriptures, whether they be true or not. So this was in, um, let's see, I believe it's Acts chapter 17. And Paul was in Thessalonica. And he tried to reason with them. And they were unreasonable. And they, the, they were going to kill him. So the disciples sent him away by night. And he found himself in a town called Berea. And when he went to the Bereans and he ministered to the Bereans, it says, that these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. For they listened and they heard the word with the readiness of heart, but also they searched the scriptures to find whether these things be true or not. That actually is the posture you should take every single time you listen to any man or woman of God minister the word. You have a readiness of heart to receive, but I'm going to give you a lot of verses here tonight, so you're going to see it. But you search the scriptures, and you find out whether these things be true or not. Because if what I'm going to tell you is true, you need to adopt it into your life. You need to, you need to jump on it and have it a part of your life. We should never be neutral. This is what gets me in so much trouble. We should never be neutral about any passage of scripture. <laughs> if, if it says it, and it says it belongs to you, or that God wants to do it in your life, or whatever it says, we shouldn't be like, oh, well, like when I read Psalm 91, I literally believe Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. No arrow by night or terror by day, and all the things that are in there, I didn't quote it in order, but all that stuff that's in there, I literally believe that. And when it says that by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed, that we were healed, I literally believe that. And when Paul talks about that we have the ability to understand the mysteries of the spirit, the mysteries of the kingdom of God, the mysteries that were hidden before the foundation of the world to be revealed to us, I literally believe that. If you do that, it, it will just get you to a point to where you're not satisfied with just going through life without knowing more. I want to know. I want to be in the know. Everybody say, I want to be in the know. So let's get in the know then, amen? Let me finish reading this passage right here. So in verse 15, two more verses, it says, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Now listen to this in verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. You read all of this in context when it's talking about us having the mind of Christ, it's literally saying that we have the ability to discern things spiritually, and to know and have mysteries revealed to us by the Spirit of God. 
Every, this is not for the super duper. This isn't for the super saint. This isn't for the preacher or the pastor or the apostle or the prophet or the evangelist and teacher and not for you. This is for every single saint who has the spirit of God living on the inside of them. You have access to all of the same benefits that everybody else does. All of the same truth, all of the same revelation. And here's why this is so important. This is a true statement. Everybody in this room, as a matter of fact, everybody in the entire world is living right now according to the revelation that they currently have. The revelation you carry and the revelation I carry is what's brought us to where we are, but it's also the lack of revelation that we have is keeping us where we are. When more revelation comes, we'll operate at a higher level. All things that pertain to life and godliness come to us through the knowledge of him. So let me, sh- let me show you a couple things here real quick. And then I'm going the, to give you six benefits to praying in tongues. And every time I teach on it, I get more benefits added. So but I want to show you something here real quick. So let's go back and look at verse 7 of this chapter. And then we're going to jump over to chapter 4. And then we're going to jump right into 14. So I'm going to do this really quick. Everybody say mystery. It says in verse 7, but we speak... The wisdom of God in a mystery. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. This wasn't saying that when he was speaking, that he was speaking in a mystery to where they couldn't understand it. He was saying that he was revealing things to them that were once a mystery. He was revealing truth to them because that mystery had been revealed to him. Everybody say mystery. Now look here and... Chapter 4, so flip over a page or two and look in chapter 4, 1 Corinthians. Everybody doing all right? Praise God. Look here in verse 1. It says, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ, now listen to this, and stewards of the mysteries of God. You might be like, well, what, what in the world does that mean? Well, let me tell you this. What you have revelation of, you're responsible for. But you know, to be a steward in the kingdom of God is one of the greatest privileges that there is. So the more you know, I'm talking about revelation from him. The more you know, the more you, you have the ability to steward. Amen. So we're, we're called not only to gain understanding of mysteries, but also to steward them. And so you say, how do you do it? Here, I'm going to show you right here. Go to chapter 14. And let's start in verse 1, and we're going to read a couple verses, and then I'll, I'll stop at that point. But let's read in verse 1 and verse 2. It says, pursue love. So 1 Corinthians 14 and 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. <laughs> I heard this taught years ago that it was like, oh, you don't want to pray in tongues 
because you're just speaking in mysteries and nobody understands what you're saying. And it is true that if I stand up here and I speak in tongues, it's not going to benefit you. The only, the only way that would benefit anybody in a, in a public setting is if there was an interpretation to a tongue that would bring understanding in the natural language, in the language you speak, which of course is English. The only way it'd benefit is if there was an interpretation that brought understanding to you. But when he's saying that when you pray in tongues, that no one understands, he's, and then he goes on, he actually says, however, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. What it's saying here is that when you are praying in tongues, you're actually praying the hidden wisdom of God in a mystery. So this is a pretty incredible thing. You cannot only, you actually, the way the kingdom of God works is you don't understand a mystery and then you speak it, you speak it and then you understand it. Most of the time, you want to understand what you're talking about before you say it. And sure, in a public setting like this, like you don't want somebody up talking that doesn't have a clue what they're talking about. <laughs> You need to know what you're talking about when you're speaking to people. But when it comes to getting understanding, you actually speak it before it comes to you. How? You're praying in tongues. You speak in tongues. When you speak in tongues, when you pray in tongue, tongues, it says right here that in the spirit you are speaking mysteries. This is stretching probably... 80% of you in this room right now because you've never thought about this. That's okay. You don't have to agree with me, but just go home and study and you'll, you'll eventually you'll agree with me. <laughs> it's not because I, I think I'm right. It's just because I know I'm right. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But I, this is something the Lord's revealed to me. And I'm going to tell you personally my experience. And I'm gonna give you, then I'm going to give you these six benefits to speaking in tongues and Jesus, help me, because I'm out of time. I've been praying in tongues for a long time, and now I am very, I'm very strategic, and I'm becoming even more strategic with it. When I need to know something, the proof is in the proof is always in the fruit. Does it work or not? And I can tell you that it works. And I'm going to show you some things. And if you will follow the example of Scripture and imitate those who, through faith and patience, have inherited the promises of what the Scriptures say, you too can walk in this. But when I need to know something, if I'm reading the word, I'm like, Lord, I don't know what that means. You know what I'll do? I'll start praying in tongues. Because the word of God, it is God. Jesus was the word. And when you are speaking the word, you are speaking God, you're speaking uh, God's language. And if you don't understand it, when you pray in tongues, you're actually speaking in alignment with things that you don't even yet understand. And somehow or another, revelation will come to you as you pray in tongues. To me, the number one reason, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you this in here. There's six benefits or six reasons to praying in tongues that I'm going to share with you. Eventually, I keep saying it, but eventually I'm going to get there. But to me, one of the main things is revelation. Where understanding can come to you. Because, because again, you're only going to live at the level of the revelation that you have. Let me show you these six benefits to praying in tongues. But understand this. When you're speaking in tongues, it's a faith move. Your mind, I've been praying in tongues for years, and my mind will still, sometimes when I start, my mind will still go, 
you're nuts. You're speaking gibberish. And then I go back to things I heard like, oh, of course you are. It's just a mystery. No one understands what the heck you're saying. <laughs> yeah, your mind doesn't understand it or discern it. But when you obey God and you come into cooperation with the Spirit of God, you will reap the benefits of what the Spirit has to offer. How do you access the Spirit? I mean, it's a, it's a legitimate question. If you can read these things and see that Paul, he was a Pharisee. He got uh, totally messed up on the road to Damascus. And then he spent, I think it was 14 years, uh, wherever, somewhere, 14 years-ish. He was learning. And then all of a sudden, he came to this place where he had all of this revelation, where he wrote two-thirds of the, of the New Testament, which we are still mining out today. It is incredible. How did he do it? You can read down later in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and, and this whole chapter is really written to give them correction because they were totally out of order. But in the midst of it, we get a lot of understanding about praying in tongues, and he said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. And he was saying, I pray in tongues more than all of you combined. Is what I really believe he's saying, more than, than a whole church. He said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. So he wasn't putting down praying in tongues. He was just saying it needs to be put in its proper place. But when it is put in its proper place, revelation will come to you from the Spirit. So if you ever look at me and you're like, you're a mystery to me, just pray in tongues and God will help you understand me. Amen. All right, so I'm going to give you four benefits to praying in tongues. Let's go to verse 3 and then I'm going to stop on verse 4. These are really good if you're taking notes, you want to write these down. Verse 3, it says, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Verse 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Again, he's given them correction here as the proper placement of tongues and prophecy and what that's supposed to look like. But he gives us a great nugget. He says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. I've heard many people, um, and I don't argue with people anymore. You just have to read the Bible. If you just read the Bible then you can just believe the Bible, and God will show you what it says. I've heard many people say, oh, well, just, you know, praying in tongues, that's just, you have to have an interpreter. You got to have an interpretation for tongues. Well, you're talking about one kind of tongue. There are different kinds of tongues. There are tongues for your personal benefit, and then there are tongues for the benefit of others. One type of tongue that benefits others is back in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It talks about a tongue and then an interpretation for that tongue in that public setting. But then when you look at Acts chapter 2, it talks about a tongue for a sign because they prayed in tongues, and when they were praying in tongues, the people from uh, all of the nations around that were listening that didn't speak their language actually heard them in their own language because they were praying in tongues and the Holy Ghost did something from their mouth to the hearer's ears to where they heard it in their own language. Does that make sense? So it was like, it would be like, you know, if you all were, you know, Chinese and, and I'm American and I start speaking in tongues and I'm, you're actually hearing it in Chinese, that's what was taking place on the day of Pentecost. And there were a hundred and, as far as we know, probably 120 different languages. There was 120 different nations. Probably some of them had similar languages. But there were a lot of languages there. And they were hearing them all in their own language. That's a tongue for a sign. Those are public tongues. And those are for the benefit of everybody. But when he's talking here, he says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. What's he talking about? He's talking about a private tongue 
that is given for you and I to operate in and benefit and draw from. Amen. So here is, here is benefit number one to praying in tongues. You all doing all right? Or, or, just, just get out your blender. If this is a big piece of meat, just get out your blender. Blend it up. That'd be so gross to blend meat up. But anyways, just put it in the blender anyways so you can get it down and get the nutrients from it. Number one, and this is in verse four, again, is to edify, all right? So benefit number one is to edify. Let me ask you a question. Uh, is there anybody in here, and edify means to build up, strengthen, encourage, those kind of things. Is there anybody in here that does not need edification in your life? Very good. Then you need to pray in tongues. Simple as that. It says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Now, let me give you number two, and this goes right with it. If you look up that word edify, and this is really going to hit home for you. Look up that word edify. Oh, man, I'm thinking of so many instances right now. It means to embolden or to make bold. Ron and I, one time, we were in this, one of our first things that we, we did together, we went to this, um, this sole purpose training camp down in, in, in Texas, and uh, <laughs> we were in this meeting. It was real small. I was expecting this huge, and we get there, and it's just, I mean, there's 10 of us probably in there, 15 maybe, I don't know. And um, at one point, I remember being there, and we were, we were uh, praying in tongues a lot, and there were some different words and different things going on, and we were, we were praying in tongues. And we walked out of there, and we were like, Rrr. I mean, we were just spiritually like, let me, let me get them. So we ended up pulling in this gas station, and I won't go into all the details because I'm running out of time, but we ended up pulling in this gas station, and we go up and start witnessing to these people. And the man and woman both got saved, and the guy got healed right in front of our eyes. He had a, he had a, a large marble-sized lump right there on his, on his chest, and that puppy went down right in front of our eyes, all the way down to just basically nothing. His body was riddled with cancer, is what he said. And you know what caused us to do that? Is we were emboldened from praying in tongues. We were made bold from praying in tongues. When you pray in tongues, it will do something to you to cause you to become, uh, if you're an introvert, all of a sudden you'll become an extrovert. You'll just get wild and on fire and ready to just go and terrorize hell wherever you can find hell with heaven. And there's something about it, and I can't explain it to you other than I know it works, that when you pray in tongues, it will cause you to be bold. Is there anybody in here that needs a little bit more boldness in your life? Let me just see a show of hands. Probably everybody in here could stand to be, only our friend Troy doesn't need any more boldness. He's the only one I, I know of. But most people need more boldness. How do you become more bold? One way that you can do that is through praying in tongues. Praise God. What a tool that God has given us. Hallelujah. So jump down to verse 13. I'm going to give you number three right here. Jump down to verse 13. This is so good. It says, therefore, so number three is revelation, all right? So number three is revelation, and look at verse 13. It says, therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. When I pray in tongues, I realize that I'm praying the wisdom of God in a mystery. I'm not just praying mysterious things. I'm not just speaking mysterious things that I'm like, what the heck am I saying? I don't understand it. I know that I'm cooperating with heaven and I'm speaking out a heavenly language. 
But what I want is not just to pray in tongues, but I want to know what it is that I'm praying. I want it to be translated, interpreted, interpreted is the right word, over into English so that I can understand it. And when you pray in tongues, that will happen. I was in, and I won't say what it is, Brooke, but anyways, when we were at the, the conference, all of us were at the conference this past week that we went to, and I had been praying in tongues, and she walks over to me, and out of my mouth came something. And her and I were both shocked, actually, <laughs> which I, would, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say what it was. It's funny, actually, but it's not my business. And she's like, oh, well, I had just been thinking about that. I'm like, well... I hope so, because God just told me to tell you that, and so I just told you that. Where did that come from? I mean, it was, it was so random. I can't tell you what it is. I wish I hadn't said that. I'm sorry if I embarrassed you, but nobody knows what it is. <laughs> You'll just have things that will come to you. Uh, last, last night during worship, I heard crackling knees. I heard knees cracking. I didn't actually hear it, but I heard the words cracking or crackling knees, something like that. And I had a word of knowledge, and people came forward. And received healing in their, in their knees. How did I know that? I'm not smart enough to know that. I'm not smart enough to remember hardly. I can't even figure out where my car keys are half the time. And if you leave stuff open here, people will steal whatever you got out there. And so anyway, it's, it's, it's crazy stuff. Uh, anyways, yeah. You, you can know things. You can just know stuff. God will show you stuff. He'll reveal stuff to you. How? You pray in tongues. And then all of a sudden, revelation will come to you. Because when I pray in tongues, and when you pray in tongues, you should pray that you get an interpretation of what you're praying. Know this. Heaven is always speaking. Heaven is always bringing revelation if we will receive the revelation that heaven, that heaven has. Most of the time, somebody, and I wish I had said this, but somebody recently just asked me why, basically why I'm wired like I am. Part of me is like, I don't know. My mama dropped me on my head. I don't know. But uh, not really. But I realize that I can move and do things and we can just go about life and go about church and go about whatever. Just however, go about business as usual. But to me, Jesus doesn't do business as usual. He's always interested in turning the world right side up. The world right now is very upside down. And he is always interested in turning the world right side up. Well, the only way we can do that is to have heaven invade earth. And the only way we can take heaven and release heaven into situations is we have to know what heaven's saying. We have to know what's going on in heaven. We have to know what's going on in the spirit. Amen. And you know how you do that? You pray in tongues. I, it's, I've had some people that they're like, I'm fine with prophecy. I'm fine with faith. I, I'm even, I'm okay with healing and things like that, but, you know, I, I, the tongues thing bothers me. You know why? <laughs> if, you, if you can't pray in tongues or you throw off tongues, you're not going to have any of the rest of them. I think God set it up that way on purpose, that if people weren't willing to just trust him with it, because it's tongues is the lowest level gift. I'm not saying it's not important, but I'm talking about, if you're talking about all the gifts of the Spirit, tongues is the, is the least. I'm not saying it's not important, but it's the least of them. And people are wanting to, like, you know, lay hands and, and you know, cast out demons and do all of this stuff, but they're not operating and they're not drawing from the Spirit. What are they drawing from? Because the, the door to open to access the things of the Spirit primarily is through praying in tongues. 
You don't have to take my word for it. Talk to millions of tongue-talking believers. You know, it's interesting that people will have issue with praying in tongues when every single book in the New Testament, including the Gospels, every single book was written by tongue-talkers. <laughs> you know, Perryville is, is a Catholic Mecca. And sometimes I'll talk to, to uh, Catholic people, and I'll be like, would you like to pray like Mother Mary prayed? Oh, yes, yes, we would like that very much. Awesome. Well, she was in the upper room. Uh, did you know that? She was in the upper room. Or it's, you know, usually they don't know that. And it's like, and you know that when the, pen, the day of Pentecost, it says that they all prayed in tongues. And that included Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was a tongue talker. <laughs> yeah, it does. So it's interesting. Why, why is it that so much of the church either is in opposition to this or is complacent towards it? It's the enemy. Because if he can stop us from accessing what heaven has to offer, what God has to offer, then we're not going to fulfill what God has for us. You know what? The, the church needs to come back to a place of praying in tongues for hours a day. I'm just going to go ahead and set the bar really high. You say, how much should we be praying in tongues? Hours every day. You say, well, I don't have that kind of time. Well, of course you do. You're awake, aren't you? You can pray in tongues while you're driving. You can pray in tongues while you're at work. I mean, unless you're a radio host or something, maybe. You know, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You go about doing your, your business, and you can pray in tongues, and you can always be accessing what the Spirit of God is saying. You can be standing in front of people. I think this is not, I think this is definitely a key. When you're around people that are hurting and have issues or whatever, you need to know what's going on with people to be able to minister to them properly. It's true. And you look at Jesus. Jesus, of course, he's perfect at it, right? But he did this. The woman at the well. You talk about a combination of grace and truth. He said, I forget exactly, but he said, you know, you've had four husbands or five husbands, and the one you're with now is not your husband. And she said, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> Good call, lady. But you know what's interesting is that she walked away from there and told, there he called her out in her sin. And she went and told all the people, she said, come, meet this man who told me everything that I ever did. If I had somebody call me out like that, or you had somebody call you out like that, we wouldn't want to tell our friends. We would tell our enemies and be like, oh, go see this guy. He's really awesome. <laughs> well, that's what it looks like when grace and truth come together. Amen. Amen. How did Jesus do that stuff? I think he prayed in tongues. Why do you think he went away and prayed by himself? Because the disciples hadn't been filled with the Holy Ghost yet, and they weren't able to pray in tongues. They'd have probably listened to him and said, Lord... You, I can't give you a scripture that says he prayed in tongues, but it's my, it's Kentology, all right? That part there is Kentology. I believe, my name is Kent, it's Kentology. I believe that Jesus prayed in tongues, and that's why he was such a powerful minister that was able to access the things of the Spirit. We're, we're, we're actually, we are called, what I'm doing right now is I'm, I'm coming up, oh, I almost fell, I'm coming up, and I'm pulling you up higher, I can see your faces, but maybe we should preach from up here. This is good. I'm pulling you up higher because this is for you. This is for you. You can do this. I can remember hearing people talk about 
like, oh, you can hear God and you can get revelation in these things. And I remember hearing it thinking, I just, I don't know if I can do that. And now I'm sitting on the, on the other side of it saying, yes, you can do the same thing. You can do it. You can receive from the Lord. Let me go on. I'm out of time. Let me give you these last three because in the weeks to come, God's got more stuff we need to press on towards. You guys getting something out of this tonight? All right, look at verse 14. And it says, for if I pray in a tongue, now this is number four. And number four, let me just give it to you, is that you can bypass your mind. And this is a greater blessing than you realize. Verse 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Now, eventually, you want your understanding to become fruitful, but this is talking about during the, the actual time or the act of praying in tongues, you don't understand that at the moment. You want your understanding to become fruitful, right? You want to get the interpretation, the revelation, but it says, for if I pray in, tongue, and pray in tongues, or in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What you can literally do is you can completely bypass your mind whenever you're praying in the spirit. And when you are dealing with something at the moment, one of the best things you can do is not lean on your own understanding. There's a way that seems right there uh, to a man, but the end thereof is death. And you know, usually what I've found is death is when I get in the middle of something that's frustrating, that's difficult, that's challenging, that's, you know, potentially hazardous or dangerous or whatever, and I start trying to figure it out myself. Anybody ever done that? Or am I the only one that's been a knucklehead like that before? Right? You get into something and you're just like, I've got the answer here. And you just met, you make it worse. Right? One of the best things we can do in the middle of a situation is shut our minds off and pray in tongues. Get our minds completely out of the way because when you are dealing with something, especially relational things or things that are causing fear, any, any kind of thing like that, the worst thing you wanna do is make a big decision when you're in the midst of battling your emotion and battling thoughts and battling fear, things like that, you wanna get completely away from your mind until you get revelation from the spirit, then you can implement what it is that you need to do. It's just like, I look at like, when you're in a difficult situation, it's like driving through St. Louis at rush hour. <laughs> 270, I think is called a parking lot, if I'm not, not mistaken. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You get there and it's just congested. And there's just a lot going on, and you don't have the freedom to just, but ideally, you can take a bypass, which 270 is a bypass, but it's not a very good one. But anyways, you can take a bypass, ideally, is the reason that they're built, and you can move around all of the congestion, right? That's the point of it. That's what praying in tongues does. You move around all the congestion. You shut your mind off, because when you are praying in tongues, by default, you're saying, I'm not understanding this, but I'm going to step out in faith, and I'm going to pray in tongues, and I'm going to, I'm going to operate according to the Spirit, and I'm going to get what it is that I need. And it's going to come from God. It's not going to come from my ability. Not going to come from my wisdom. Let me give you two more things because we're out of time. Turn to Jude, and these are the last two things, and they go together here in Jude. There's one chapter in Jude, so Jude 1. And we're going to look here at verses, I believe it's 20 and 21. So Jude, and here at verses 20 and 21, and I wish I had a whole night just to talk about this. But it says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And I've heard people say before, like, oh, praying in the Holy Spirit, that's not praying in tongues. That's, uh, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit if you don't pray in tongues? And for proof, you can go back and look at 1 Corinthians 13 and around verse, uh, I don't know, 11, 10 or 11, 12, somewhere around there. And it says, 
so what's the conclusion then? I will pray in the spirit and I'll pray with my understanding. I will sing in the spirit and I will sing with my understanding. So when it's talking about praying in the spirit or praying in the Holy Spirit, it's talking about praying in tongues. He says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Let me give you number five. Number five is building yourself up in faith. Number five is building yourself up in faith or your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. You know, we actually don't need greater faith. We just need a greater us in our faith. <laughs> it says that Abraham considered not his own body nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. Abraham didn't have a better faith or a greater faith than what we have. We have the faith of the Son of God. We got the greatest measure of faith that's ever been given to any man ever. But we don't get the results sometimes that we want. Why? Because it's not a pure faith. We're considering other things too much. You're dealing with unbelief? Pray in tongues. You want to purify yourself in your faith? Pray in tongues. You'll build yourself up on your most holy faith. You will build yourself up on your most holy faith. And the last thing here is keeping yourself in the love of God. Because verse 21 says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Praying in the Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. I believe that the uh, King James Version says keeping yourself in the love of God. If there's one thing I would say that we need to do more than anything else is keep ourselves in the love of God. Actually, if we just stay in God's love, it basically would, figure, it basically would fix everything else that's going on that's wrong in this life. God's, God's love is the answer for everything. Amen. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.